First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipponi. Um, I know we're going crazy long here, but I did like your Devontae Adams point that I'd like yeah, to make. I'll make it real quick. I remember I was on SiriusXM the night that this trade happened a year and a half ago, and my initial reaction was, how is this going to work out? Yeah, Devontae Adams is a great player. He is one of the five best receivers in football. He's an elite route runner, catch, the whole thing. But you're you're at that time pairing up with Derek Carr. What the hell is the upside with this football team in that division? And now it's a new quarterback, but it's basically a different version of the same quarterback. And Devontae Adams is upset this week because of some combination of production and really them not winning. But my thing is, what did he expect? Like, what, this, this is not a well-run franchise. This is essentially a useless head coach. Uh, who is mediocre at best. I think they're kind of floundering in mediocrity. I don't know what Devontae Adams expected leaving Green Bay. This is what I anticipated happening when the trade happened a year and a half ago. Correct. I will say that any criticism that he's getting for these comments is completely unfounded. Because what he said was he's like, listen, I shouldn't. this isn't about us winning or losing a game. They barely beat the Patriots, who might be the worst team in the NFL. He's like, I didn't come here to just win by a little bit against a bad team. I want to play at a high level. And for us to play at a high level, our offense needs to be a lot better. And the only way for our offense to be a lot better is for me to be a lot more involved because I'm that dude. So he's basically saying, like, we should not be settling for four-point wins over the Patriots with our offense pumping three out of four drives. Like, he is holding them to a championship standard. The problem is, is they're not a championship caliber organization. That's the thing. Yes, I, I think I think he's a winner. Like if he that's is. a thing, he's a winning football player and he's a top notch pro. I just I I echo everything you said. If that's what he wants, he is playing for the wrong franchise. Correct. With the wrong and coach, he, wrong and owner. He partly orchestrated it. Yes, so, exactly. And I feel a little a little bad internally saying that because he is an excellent player. But when you leave a situation like Green Bay for a situation like this, this is what can happen. Yeah, this is like what, what you get. Yes. What, 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 get. What's, what's happened with Tyreek Hill in Miami is, I think, in the history of these things, a pretty rare thing to leave a guy like Mahomes and still be competing at a very high level somewhere else. Yes, completely agree. Uh, Arizona and Seattle. You see any way that uh, Arizona keeps this game close? I'd be surprised. Now, I will say they they played they played pretty decently last week, at least for a while against the Rams before things kind of faded away entirely in the second half. But I think Seattle, with how close they came, they failed in the red zone a million times. Geno was bad in the red zone. This feels like a get-right game for Seattle. That's how I look at this. Arizona, I think you mentioned it on the podcast on Sunday, that this kind of feels like what we thought they were heading into the season is now turning into reality. They're going to fight. They're going to compete hard. I think it's a get-right game for Seattle. What does intrigue me for Arizona a little bit is, you know, activating Kyler Murray and are they going to actually play him at some point this season? Because that's not just a who gives us the best chance to win on Sundays. That's a whole organizational decision about draft picks, quarterback, Kyler Murray, the contract, the cap, a trade, all of that. Why would they activate him if they're not going to play him? Well, people have had the theory. Like, I'm not, I don't know what I think yet, but there's a theory that if they are bad enough and they're just going to end up with one of the top three picks, that why risk having Kyler Murray on the field 
in November and December, give you a better chance to win. And what if he gets hurt again? He's got more guaranteed money left in the contract. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I'm just saying once they activated him into his like, you know, window yeah. to return, which is I think 21 days. So, you know, he's got three games basically to be put on the roster. I just assumed if they were going to not do that, they would have not activated him. They'd be like, ah, setback from the injury. And they would have hid behind that and, and the whole thing. So once they did that, I expected him to come back. Seattle's defense has been very inconsistent. I don't think that they're very good. Uh, but I think that Arizona, I think the wheels have fallen off. Like I, I, I think that Dobbs is a nice guy and a smart guy, but not a very good quarterback. And they just simply don't have enough talent. Uh, I think Seattle's offense is excellent. So I think that this game gets ugly pretty fast. I'll go shy of excellent, but we're on the same page that I'd be really, really surprised if we're talking about a Cardinals win on Sunday night. Giants commanders. I said the commanders were going to be the seventh seed in the NFC. Before the year, uh, not looking great. They're almost a three to one dog to make the playoffs. Do you? Uh, I would assume you would agree this is a must win for the Commanders if they've got any shot. Yeah, absolutely. For them to have any shot of the postseason, they got to get them. They got to get the fourth win. Got to get to four and three. Uh, they still have, obviously, including this one, two more with the Giants. But you know that you want to talk about a team, Danny, that has a tough schedule. Like minus New England, basically every team they play is either pretty decent or really, really good. So yeah, they're Washington, in big trouble. Yeah, I, I think I think they're in trouble despite the win against the Falcons. That three-game losing streak probably kills them. Yeah, I think I think so too. Uh, the schedule is – I mean, it's after this Giants game, it's Philly, then New England, then in Seattle, uh, Giants again, Dallas, Miami, at the Rams, at the Jets, Niners, Cowboys. Brutal they, finish. Brutal yeah. finish. Yeah, they're 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 probably drawing dead. Um, I don't get why their defensive isn't better. I don't get why their defensive line with four first round picks isn't better with Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera coaching them. Like they they invested so much ever like building the trenches, building the trenches, defensive head mm -hmm. coach, all that stuff, and it's just it's not been a difference making unit uh, for them with any degree of consistency. I feel the same way. They they have a lot of first round picks on defense, not just on the defensive line, but you know, and and they have weapons like that. That's the other part. And now I know Howell has been better than some people thought, but like McLaurin, Samuel Dotson needs to get involved more. Like they have has been brutal. Yeah, I don't get it. I I like I really 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 liked him out of Penn State. I yeah. really like that guy. That's been disappointing. I I don't think they're well coached. I do not oh. think that. They're not a well-coached football team from from the head coaching perspective, but and I think that kind of colors everything as sort of a domino effect down the line because I do think there's more talent. I think that a superior coach could maximize that team, even yeah, with the quarterback and, having some limitations at some point. And we'll see if that ends up being Eric Bieniemy. Uh, all right, Packers and Broncos. Aaron Jones is back. Multiple players on the Packers called Aaron Jones the best player on the Packers, which raised my eyebrows a little bit uh, this week. Do you think this is potentially an audition for Aaron Jones to return from injury to immediately be traded away in a running back market that people seem to think could be active? That would surprise me because it doesn't seem like the kind of thing the Packers would do. I, I think they're going to try to go through the entire season, give – Jordan Love as much help as humanly possible and then reevaluate things in January. That's I'd be very surprised. They gave Jones an extension. 
I think when they've been at their best the last three to four years with Rodgers is when Aaron Jones has been playing very well. Yeah, if he came back, played well, they traded him, that would surprise me. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I asked the question. I don't think it's more likely than not, but uh, I mean, we talked about Jonathan Taylor getting traded, then they signed him. We've talked about Saquon being traded to you know Baltimore. I, I suppose that's still possible. Um, I just, it's hard to predict a person to get traded in the NFL. There aren't that many trades, but the McCaffrey thing worked out so well. And running back, just it feels like the easiest position uh where you like can like join a team midstream and and make an impact that if green bay uh loses and drops to two and four coming out of their bye against denver who's awful then they just have one more game before the trade deadline against minnesota at home like what good it's like a it's like a good closer on a bad baseball team sure what's the point what's I the think- what's the point of having a good expensive running back on a bad football team because they're going to say the point of it is that he elevates the offense enough and reduces the load that Jordan Love has to, t- has to take on to where it gives them the best chance to evaluate what Jordan Love is and is not. I, I'm I'm convinced that's the way Brian Gutekunst and the Packers will feel about that question. That's fair. I'd be really surprised if they traded him. 